0: All right, well, today is gonna be um, the last individual message that we do for for quite a while. As I mentioned, um, this series is gonna take us basically through the rest of the year. We already have another series lined up for the beginning of the year. And so this is our last opportunity um, to just kind of get into something random and, and talk about whatever we want to talk about. And so in preparation for that, I was trying to think really hard about what I wanted to talk about today. And actually, initially, when I was praying and and researching, I was trying to come up with a subject that might kind of set up this new series, that might kind of be an introduction of sorts, and very quickly realized that was not the direction that we needed to head down. I kept hitting a wall. I couldn't get a breakthrough. I even started creating a sermon and had to rewind and start all over again. And in the middle of this, um, as I sometimes need to do, I just stopped and I took a step back. And that's necessary for me sometimes because I like to control things. I like to go in whatever direction I want to go and that's not always best. And so I stopped and and I asked God for some direction and right away, a a topic came rushing into my head. And um, as is so often the case, it was a topic that I've personally been dealing with quite a bit in my own life from several different angles. And so I think you'll understand what I mean by that in a bit. But as I've mentioned before, and as many of you know, I am uh, the proud father of a beautiful 19-month-old baby girl, and as I know, all of you parents can relate. Uh, she means everything to me. I mean, she means the world to me. She's so stinking cute. She's so much fun. She brings so much joy into our lives. She's she's the best. But if I'm being honest, and if I'm being real with you guys. Um, The journey of fatherhood hasn't gone exactly how I expected up to this point. Um, Hasn't necessarily gone as planned. And I'll tell you why that is. Um, When my wife and I were deciding on whether we were ready to have children or not, and we finally decided to make that leap, to make that jump, honestly, I had very few concerns about what that was going to look like. I really wasn't worried about much of anything just because I felt like it was the right time. You know, I felt like we had waited until we were ready. Um, we had planned appropriately. We had people around us who love and support us. It just seemed like a really seamless situation, right? And then on top of that, I started thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm, I'm about as laid back a person as I know. I'm pretty chill, pretty laid back. Thought about my wife, same exact way, super chill, super content. And so now I'm thinking, not only are we ready for this, time is right, there's like a 90% chance my daughter's gonna be like the most easygoing child on the planet, right? That seemed like a logical conclusion. And, and honestly, for the first year or so, that was true. I mean, really content, really laid back, slept like a dream. I mean, it was, it was exactly what I expected. And then things began to, to shift a little bit. And right around that one year mark, um, all of a sudden something happened that hasn't auto-corrected quite yet. And um, despite her parents' personalities, um, my daughter is the child that never stops moving. And, and hear me, never stops moving. She is on the go at all times. If you come to my house in the afternoon, you will see this in action. She will run from the playroom to the living room, to the living room, to the playroom, up to, upstairs to her bedroom, back down to, it is, nonstop. That is every night for my wife and I. And she's not even two years old yet. I don't understand how this happened to me. It confuses me. But then on top of that, because she is such an active child, she's already getting into things that she shouldn't, right? She's already getting into situations that she shouldn't. And, And listen, not to say that she doesn't have a rebellious streak, because I know better than that. But I do think a lot of it has to do with just she's constantly going, she's constantly moving. She has to have her attention captured on something at all times. Um, And the newest development, which I am none too pleased about, she has learned to scale up the side of her bed and launch herself over the edge. (laughs) Now, mind you, she has no idea what she's doing. Um, It's not a smooth operation. She lands on her back, on her head, Pops right up, is laughing, thinks it's hysterical. She's out of her mind. But but now she's getting into situations where there's legitimate opportunity for her to begin to hurt herself. That's the phase we're getting into. And so now we are having conversations around the concept of discipline. Now this idea of discipline is coming to the forefront. And this is the topic that really came rushing into my brain when I began to think about what I wanted to talk about. Because here's the thing, okay? Here's what I began to realize and comprehend. It's getting to the point now to where my daughter's future is going to start being impacted based off of how my wife and I handle this concept of discipline. Okay, there are things that are on the line now. Right? Her health is on the line. Her protection is on the line. Her behavior is on the line. Right? This is a big deal. And so we have to be measured in our approach. And so this is something that has just been constantly on my mind. I'm constantly thinking about it, contemplating it, researching it. Like I am encompassed by this topic. And then in the middle of this, I read a scripture that just kind of popped up and kind of slapped me across the face. You know how that happens sometimes? You're going through something and it's exactly what you needed. And that's what happened here. So last week we talked about the word blessed. And we talked about how in the original language, the word blessed is most often translated to happy. So blessed and happy are used in parallel throughout much of scripture. Okay, so we just learned that last week. I'm sitting here stewing on this subject of discipline and how I am to approach it. And this is what I read in Psalm 94, verse 12. It says, behold, how happy or blessed is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Now, what we just read is that if you are being disciplined, then you are blessed. Now, that is not a correlation that we naturally bring together, right? That's, that's not where our minds initially go when we think of discipline, and that's exactly what the word of God tells us. Now, the correlation from last week's message to what I happened to be going through was, was cool. And those uh, moments are always special because you feel like God's having a personal interaction with you, right? That's always a, a fun thing. But here's what stuck out to me about this. I immediately began to think about discipline a little bit differently. Okay, because I've been in my head so much about this, how I'm going to approach this, uh, my daughter's response to it, right? I'm so in my head, I read this scripture and my perspective began to change because no longer was it this heavy-handed, like dark concept that seemed to be plaguing my mind, but it was something that was good. It was something that was beneficial, something that was nurturing. And that's exactly what I needed to understand as a loving father, And so the title of my message today is simply, Do Not Despise Discipline. Do not despise discipline. Now, I've already told you, I'm a first-time father. I've got a whole 19 months worth of experience. So um, I'm not fit to stand up here and give anybody parenting advice, okay? So that's not what today is about. You can breathe easy there. But I want to talk about the discipline of God. As Psalm 94 said, the discipline of the Almighty. Because here's the thing, before any one of us had a single thought about the concept of discipline with our children and what that would look like, this concept was first in play in our relationship with God, between us and our heavenly Father. And so I wanna talk about a few things that I hope help us better understand that relationship, better understand how God has to deal with us sometimes and how we are to respond to that, okay? That's what I want To get into. Now, before we do that, I want to read a set of scriptures that I think are really applicable to the concept of discipline. And I really want to see what scripture has to say about this. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse. Five. Now, verses five and six here, um, they're simply quoting Proverbs three, okay? So they've taken some scriptures from, from the Old Testament. They're now applying it to this New Testament concept. So it starts with verse five. It says, "'My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, "'nor faint when you are reproved by him. "'For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, "'and he scourges every son whom he receives.'" Verse seven, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good." so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now I love that last sentence. The more and more I read this, that's what stood out to me. To those who have been trained by it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Very interesting wording there. So the first point today The first thing we need to understand as children of God is that God disciplines us for our good, okay? He disciplines us for our good. Now let's first start with the really good news here, okay? And that is what Hebrews 12 just told us is that if we are being disciplined by God, that means we are a child of God, right? Verse seven, uh, God deals with you as with sons. Now, if you are without discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not sons, So that means the first thing we need to understand, and really we need to cling to this, is that in those moments of discipline and correction, it's actually confirmation that you are a child of the living God. That is the first thing that you need to understand. And while that may not take away the pain and agony in that moment, it should certainly help build your faith in the process. Right? Because if there's anything that can build your faith, it's confirmation of who you belong to and what your future holds as a result of that. And so the next time that you experience that discipline and correction, this is the first thing that I want you to remember. This is the very first thing I want to pop into your head is that you are a child of God. This confirms it, right? This, this verifies it, I am his. That's the first thing we need to understand. Now, the downside to this particular point is that when I say that that God disciplines us for our good, initially that seems like a cool thought. That, that seems right to us. And yet I think simultaneously we also kind of roll our eyes at that notion. And, and the reason I think that is, is because I think um, throughout our childhood, when we were in those moments of discipline, I think most of us have heard this concept come from one of our parents, right? Which is, listen, I'm doing this for you, right? This is for you, or, or sometimes this hurts me more than it hurts you, right? And of course, as children, that's the most ridiculous concept we've ever heard, right? So I'm, I'm gonna take the brunt of this beating and then feel sorry for you for delivering it. No, it doesn't make sense, right? But when you become a parent, this is a very true notion. Like that's a genuine feeling. Because having to discipline your child is not an enjoyable experience for any loving parent. And yet, if you want that child to learn, and if you want them to grow, and if you want them to mature, then you know that this is necessary. As crazy as it sounds, you do it for their good. And this is exactly how it works in our relationship with God. This is exactly how He works. You know, sometimes we might be thinking in those moments, again, this isn't for me. This isn't for my good. This doesn't feel like love and support. And what God is saying is, no, I just, I can't let you go down that path. I can't let you continue to hurt yourself like this. As hard as it is to see sometimes, he's doing it for our good. That's his intent, okay? But there is another hurdle that comes around when we talk about this concept as well. And I think this is a tough one, especially for those of us who are um, especially stubborn, because uh, most of us in this room are grown adults, right? Which means that we make our own decisions. We're we're pretty independent. We can do just about whatever we want to do, and so the idea and the concept that spiritually we might be immature, naive, helpless children is not something that we want to accept. That's not a parallel that we want to cling to. And so what happens as a result of that is we begin to think of ourselves more highly than we should. We reject the idea that we're a child and then we get confused when he has to discipline us as a result. We're like, what is going on here? I don't understand this. But the truth of the matter is, despite our reluctance to admit it, more often than not, God does see us as that dependent, helpless underdeveloped child that needs assistance, right? Because we are the ones that, that lose direction really easy. We are the ones that get confused in the simplest situations. We are the ones that get angry when it's not warranted. We are that child that, that needs corrected and put on the right path, that's us. But here's the key to this idea of discipline that God brings about in our lives, okay? This this is what I, I need you to comprehend and begin applying to your life, okay? The key is simply this. Ultimately, it's about how we choose to respond to it. That is the vital piece to this equation because make no mistake about this, God does this for a purpose, okay? Nothing he does is without reason or without cause, And so what it gets down to is what we do with the situations that God puts us in. And here's the simple truth when it comes to this idea of discipline, okay? We, as the recipients of it, can look at it in one of two ways, okay? There are two options on the table. We can look at it as a means of punishment or we can look at it as a means of growth. Punishment or growth, that is the option. Now, depending on how you choose to look at it, it will vastly change how you react and proceed with that discipline, okay? There is a significant difference. Now, if you view God's discipline as punishment, let me explain to you how this is gonna go for you, okay? Let me lead you down the path that you're gonna go down. Initially, you're gonna try to justify and reason through why you did or did not deserve that discipline, right? You'll dwell on the events that led up to it, You'll dwell on the decisions that were made, on the people that were involved. And ultimately, that's going to lead you down a road to bitterness and anger. Because listen to me, regardless of the situation, your instinct is to deflect, right? Aren't we really good at that? I I didn't deserve what just happened there. That was completely unnecessary. I don't know why it had to happen that way. And we get confused because we don't know what's going on. We drown in pity and sadness because we're not trusting in him. And here's the biggest problem that comes about with this thread of events, okay? Here's the root issue with that. When you take the approach of punishment, all you're gonna do is get stuck in the past. When you you see it as punishment, your entire focus will be on the past. Why did it happen? What did I do to deserve it? That's gonna be your focus. That's the quicksand you're gonna find yourself in. And on the flip side, if you look at it as a means of growth and development, you're gonna see it through a very different lens. Because rather than getting stuck in the past and why it happened and, and what you did to deserve it, you're gonna be thinking about how you can learn from it moving forward, right? What is God trying to show me that I didn't see before? What is God trying to show me so I don't fall into the same trap? See, when it comes to matters of discipline, what it gets down to is your perspective, That that is the difference. That's the deciding factor, which means, and you need to hear this, it's up to you. It's up to how you view it. It's up to how you respond to it because there's one thing you cannot question and that is God's motive. His intention is not under dispute. He does it for your good. You need to hear this. He is doing this to benefit your future. And the question is, how are you gonna respond to it? So the next time you see this discipline and correction coming about in your life and you run into a situation that you don't understand and you don't get it, you're so confused. Are you gonna respond with pity and anger? Are you gonna respond with humility and curiosity? What, what can I learn from this? How can I be better from this? Ultimately, you must choose. And whether you like it or not, just like my daughter, your future depends on it. Your future depends on it. Proverbs 12:1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. If you love discipline, you love knowledge. If you hate discipline, you can fill in the blank. Here's the second and final point today. We're gonna wrap things up. And this is where we see this word discipline take a bit of a turn, okay? Here's the second point. We become disciplined for his good. So so God disciplines us for our good and then we become disciplined for his good. Now, this is obviously a little different angle on the word discipline, because rather than being disciplined, we now are disciplined. In other words, we're controlled, we're measured, we're effective. You've seen people who are disciplined with their diets, right? Or disciplined with their, with their exercise. And listen, as children of God, we are to be spiritually disciplined, now, this is a concept that it goes all throughout the New Testament, over and over again. In fact, think about it. When speaking of the fruit of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul calls out self-control, right? In other words, when we receive the Spirit, what will come forth in our lives is self-control or discipline. That's how important this is, okay? Now, again, you could pull from many different scriptures to enhance this particular point. But through my study this week, I ran across something that I found especially effective, and um, I wanted to share this with you. So, there are three books in the New Testament that are called the pastoral letters or, or the leadership letters, okay? First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus, okay? Now, these are called leadership letters because they were written to leaders, okay? So, Timothy and Titus were, were two associates of Paul who he sent to lead various congregations. Now, the purpose of these letters was not just to direct leaders but listen to direct action. In other words, this is what it looks like to be a leader in Christ. And so what that tells me is that these are not just written to be applicable to pastors, but to to be applicable to all of us, right? If you wanna put your faith in action, then you need to read and apply these principles to your life. Now, the reason it's important to call that out is, is because when reading these books, you will see a very prevalent theme that happens to line up with my point today. Okay, so I'm gonna read these one by one real quick, and I want you to see how obvious this theme is. Now, uh, also, these are three pretty short books in the Bible, really, really short books, and yet you still see this prevalent theme held within. Second Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. He's given us a spirit of discipline. 1 Timothy 4, seven, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself. You have to take the initiative here. Titus 1.7, it says, be hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word. Be disciplined. 2 Timothy 3.16, speaking of the word of God, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, you may have noticed the words reproof and correction are often used synonymously with the word discipline in scripture. So what it's telling us is the Bible is given to us so that we can be disciplined. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent or disciplined to present yourself approved to God. And then the last one is 2 Timothy 4.7. The apostle Paul finishes it up by saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. He rounds it out by saying, listen, I have remained disciplined. Now, if the word of God holds in it such a prevalent theme around the idea of leadership, don't you think that's something all of us should seek? Don't you think that's something all of us should strive for? We should be disciplined in our relationship with God. We should be disciplined with how we treat other people. We should be disciplined in in word and in thought and in action and everything that we do. And in that way, we prove to be children of God. We must remain disciplined. In fact, here's the cool thing about how this kind of wraps back around. It's interesting how this works because if you think about it, the more disciplined we become, the less disciplining he has to do, right? If we're truly disciplined in our purpose and we're serious about presenting ourselves approved to God, Why would he have to continue to discipline and correct us in the same way he wouldn't? And so when we become disciplined, we become patient. We become wise. We become more like him. As Romans 8, 29 puts it, we become conformed to the image of the son, conformed to the image of Christ. That must be all of our pursuit. We must all be focused on that, but we have to accomplish it through discipline. We have to be disciplined in the choices we make. We have to be disciplined in the ways of God. God disciplines us for our good. We become disciplined for his good. Please stand with me. You know, it's interesting. I was um, thinking about some of our recent messages and happened to notice that one of the heavy themes of our messages has been this idea of being a child of God. You know, what that means, what that looks like. And uh, in fact, in our new series, we'll talk even more about that. But what's so interesting to me is through my studies this week, is that one of the main marks of being a child of God is this idea of discipline. Discipline is what marks each of our lives if we are truly given to him. But, but ultimately the key to this is how we're going to view it, how we're going to to approach it. Because if we get discouraged by this, if we allow this to be viewed as punishment and, and, and he's coming after us, we will never respond appropriately to it. But if we understand that he knows what's coming around the corner for us, he knows the battle that you're gonna fight next week, he knows what's coming and he's preparing you for it. He's equipping you for it. He's disciplining you for your good. And if we can view it that way, think about how effective and productive we would be as children of God. Think about if we approached it in a humble, curious way, always seeking what God's purpose is, always seeking what he's up to and responding to that. It's easy to get into our heads and feel sorry for ourselves and, get confused because we don't know what's going on most of the time. But if we put our trust in him, if we know that he's working things for our good, there's nothing that's gonna stop us. There's nothing that's gonna stop you from fulfilling your purpose. But you have to understand, you cannot despise the discipline of the Lord.